Matte painting. That's matte, spelled M-A-T-T-E. What is matte painting, anyway? Who does it? Does it require any special skills? Have you ever heard the term matte painting and wondered what it is and how it is used? Well, stay tuned, because in this episode, number 2119, the CG Bros will be doing a deep dive into that subject when they answer the commonly asked question, what is matte painting and how is it used? On the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Well, hello. Welcome back to the CG Insider Podcast. I'm Bill Johnston, one of your hosts for today's podcast. And I'm Sean Johnston. And we're the CG Bros. Have you ever wondered about what matte paintings are and how they're used? Well, Darlene L. from Tempe, Arizona does, and she left us a qu- this question on our Ask Us Anything page on our website at thecgbros.com. This is the subject of our podcast today, episode number 2119, and by the end of today's podcast, you'll learn about what matte painting is and how matte paintings are used both in their traditional form as well as their current digital form. You'll also come away with knowing some of the history behind matte paintings and how they differ from the regular paintings the artists are creating every day in their home studios. You'll also learn about the opportunities or what opportunities are available if you'd like to become a map painter, either for creating um, creation in movies or animated features. We're also going to give you a personal take on what map paintings are so, um, and how cool they are and what to expect in the coming years when it comes to the art and craft of map painting. So let's just jump right in, bro. Uh, what is map painting exactly? Well, thanks, Darlene, for asking that question. Uh, you know, strictly speaking, a matte painting is an image uh, created using digital or traditional painting techniques to create um, a representation of a scene that is, is impossible for filmmakers to create in real life. Um, this might be because the landscape either doesn't exist in the real world or it's not financially um, practical to travel to you know the location uh, that the film is set in. And so basically a matte painting is a, is a painted representation of, say, a landscape or, or, a, or a set or, or a, some distant location that really allows the filmmakers to create the illusion of an environment uh, that the finished film uh, is being taken, you know, is, where the finished film is being shot. And it's not actually there uh, at the filming location. Um, and primarily, matte paintings are done because it's usually too difficult or, or too dangerous or just otherwise impossible to shoot some of those shots, mostly uh, because, you know, it's either going to be too expensive, you know, to go there or to build the sets, or they just don't exist, like, you know, scenes out of some post-apocalyptic uh, scenario or other sci-fi environments, you know, such as, you know, future cities or alien landscapes and stuff like that. Um, and uh, matte paintings are created for the ultimate purpose, of course, of being combined with live-action footage. Yes, and it, I was listening to what you're saying, and, and um, it's also saves, saved a ton of money on, on set construction um, sure. to do that. And, you know, it's, um, it's pretty cool as far as not dealing with the weather uh, that you would have to deal with. Uh, and so now you, you could do pretty much everything right there on your, your local studio grounds. Um, and I, you know, also, you know, you mentioned something about safety. Um, you know, the actors, you know, could be on the edge of a cliff that's in the, the painting. Uh, one example would be possibly, you know, like in Luke Skywalker, when he was swinging over that large gap in the uh, Death Star with Princess Leia. You know, those are those are those are things you couldn't really shoot um, safely with the actors. Um, so, 
Yeah, the matte painting is an amazing uh, magical VFX technique, and um, I'm so excited we're getting to talk about this finally. Yeah, you know, um, so uh, you know, our, you know, a lot of people wonder if matte paintings are, you know, uh, what's the difference maybe between background paintings or and, and matte paintings. Um, you know, uh, matte paintings are, are usually at least historically have been designed to to be you know works of photorealism uh, you know a uh, you know right. landscape or set that can like replace reality um mm -hmm. by basically tricking the viewer's eye into believing that it's it's a real background uh so it's 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 really based in in you know reality while you know today things are are changing a little bit where you know there's a lot of you know uh, pseudo, uh, well, because of 3D, you know, the, uh, 3D animation, um, there's kind of this blend between real and and cartoon, if you will. I hate to use that term, cartoon for 3D, mm -hmm. but um, but I think it, it it serves the point I'm trying to make is, mm -hmm. is there's this this kind of middle ground, and so you know uh, we like to think of of uh, you know matte painting as as at least traditionally being photoreal, but but even but today. Uh, it doesn't really have to be, you know, realistic exact. I mean, it has to be realistic, but not photo real, I should say. Right. So, right. Um, yes. And, and, you know, the it originally was uh, from the very beginning um, was used, um, you know, as a double exposure on film. Um, you know, if you stop the light from uh, exposing parts of the film, you could run it again through the camera and then reshoot the live action parts of that, that scene. Um, it's a pretty oh, interesting which is technique. Why, which, yeah, which is why they use it's called a mat, actually, right? A mat, they, right? They mats right. They cut out, yeah. It basically, you know, you you um, you paint in the 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 you know the, basically your your glass on the glass shot or set extension. You you paint in, let's say, the background of uh, you know, uh, let's say what uh, Dorothy's uh, the Emerald City, for example, and then you'd cut out, leave blank the portion of the glass where the the actors would be shot later, or uh, live, you know. Um, so it was interesting because I didn't know the the history totally about uh, matte painting because I'm so into the digital parts of it and, you know, knowing everything there. But, you know, you go back through all the movies we've seen over the over the years and the, just the, the hundreds and hundreds of movies where they're used and blockbusters where matte painting is used or they're painting on glass or other materials um, to do that. But, um, you know. The the problem with originally for the well, it started out really. If you, if you look at the history of the map painting, it it started out um, being done in still shots. I mean, so it was it was used before it was actually brought into movies. Well, um, it might surprise you to learn that you know filmmakers have been using this technique of matte painting for more than a hundred years now. Yeah, it's amazing how long it's been, um, and you know it it started out obviously with uh, you know. Norman Don, he was the first one to use it in in films, and he was doing the California Missions films. Um, I didn't know this, but he he. Uh, it's interesting because he started his career as a real estate uh, photographer, and then soon learned techniques. Uh, you know, when he was doing trying to replace damaged or uh, old parts of the missions that were missing, uh, and he would just uh, you know lock down. You had to lock down the camera. I mean, that's that's the technique that was used. You couldn't really move the camera. It was just it was a static shot um, that a lot of them. Um, had to, um, you know, lock down the, the tripod legs and dig holes and stick them in the holes so they wouldn't move right. um, later on when you're doing, you know, when they're doing movies. But it all started with uh, Norman Dawn in 1907. So I thought that was pretty interesting um, where it's where that they actually got into films when it was being used. Yeah, I think that I think that was back back in 1907, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I just I just said 1907. Do you not hear me? Oh, did me? you? Okay. <laughs> like, you know, God, darn it. Well, you know, it's kind of funny uh, that uh, you know that you know as a technique, you you don't really you know it's supposed to be invisible to the eye, you know, and and uh, seamless, you know, right? What, Exactly, seamless blending with the live action, and that that was really the purpose of, of those matte paintings. And it was, you know, basically, uh, you know, it's primarily used, I think, to to uh, as a technique to extend, you know, uh, elements of a shot, so like background, such as um, they used, I guess, uh, several uh, uh, matte paintings in uh, King Kong in 1933 to to depict the jungle landscapes of Skull Island. Um, oh yeah, and then black and white. You can you look at that, and it's just this eerie looking background, um, and it's it, it's super super. I mean, it, it you know you can look at it now, and it you know I, I think it still kind of holds up, but I mean it, you can it just gives you that feeling of of being in some place, some fast fantastic world, you know. Yeah, well, some of the most famous matte painting shots, you know, in history. You know, you mentioned you know that long shot of the Emerald City and the Wizard of Oz uh, back in 1939. Um, it's been used as to create the cityscapes uh, of ancient Rome in the movie Ben Hur back in 1959. Um, it yeah, was used Gone to, with the Wind, Star Wars, Superman. I mean, it's big Ghostbusters too. It's been in almost everything. Um, well, you know, it's funny that yeah, go blockbusters. Ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, all the blockbusters seem to have it. I mean, there's, there's probably too many too many movies to count, obviously, but some of the bigger ones, like you mentioned. Um, you know, and then obviously the Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1991 or 1981 um, at the end of the end of the movie. Remember that famous scene where um, the Ark was placed in that box? And oh, yeah. Where the, the, the warehouse. government warehouse. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, it was filled with thousands of crates. Oh, man. Um, uh, you know, fun fact about that. That was uh, that actually was painted by um, artist Michael um, Pumgrazio. And um, it took him three months to paint all those boxes and crates. Yeah, I mean, most of, most of us are probably familiar with. I mean, that that's the classic one. I mean, that that's one that everybody has pro- can probably remember. But you know, in in all the Star Wars movies, they used uh, landscapes, uh, back, uh, matte paintings for the landscapes. Um, in yeah, all the right. all the Star Wars movies, um, you know, the Death Star, uh, and primarily the exterior of Jabba's uh, Jabba the Hutt's palace, um, and right. uh, cloud cities, and and long shots of the Millennium Falcon. Uh, it was used as uh, a backdrop for Superman's Fortress of Solitude mm-hmm. um, in the Superman movie, um, and uh, even Blade Runner, and uh, you know even uh, the sky, city skyline in the, in the original Batman movie. Uh, yeah, that, you didn't mention uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? De- Devil's Tower shots. Oh, that that's true. That's right. I it's mean, funny. you know, most of us don't really realize that those are matte paintings, which is the whole purpose of of a good matte painting, anyway. Right. I mean, you know, the, do you remember the shot where uh, where the devil's tower was there and they had the, the mothership flip over at the very end. And then before the aliens actually walked out and, and uh, Richard Dreyfus went over there and, and um, got taken aboard. Yeah. Um, that is, is funny. Cause I didn't doing the research for this, this podcast, a little bit of it. Um, there's a, the map painter uh, did a hat tip to, uh, and he snuck in and painted the names of the crew members on that actual the details of that ship that you can't <laughs> make out. It's funny. I mean, it's, it's, you could see all the little names when he zoomed in on it, but uh, in the movie, you can't see it. You know, it's really interesting. And we think of that, that, you know, matte painting, um, you know, is, is, is funny, funny. It's kind of still used today, uh, but in a different sense, but even, even films like Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, a lot of matte paintings were used to kind of depict all those beautiful landscapes while they did shoot a lot of that live, uh, 
you know, in New Zealand, uh, a lot of those were actually matte painted as well. Uh, right. And, as well, and you, go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, so I was going to say, and, and Black Panther. Uh, they even used matte paintings of Black Panther, you know, as, as recently as 2018. You mean uh, even, traditional matte painting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? I didn't know that. Huh. Well, it was interesting because I, I know that the, the history of it was it was originally using, they were double exposing the film. And then they would, they would um, the problems that are, were occurring is on the, on the set, they would lock down the camera and then they would, you know, say they would mark out where the actors would actually supposed to be. And once the actors would get there, they go, oh, shoot, I've got, we've got to fix the map painting again. And they would go up there and touch up the map painting or the lighting would change or something would happen. And so the next innovation on that, so people are aware, um, was the, you know, they had to, since they were hurriedly creating these and modifying the paintings on set, um, it led to uh, inventing the uh, negative map painting method, which is um, where they had the process of, uh, you know, still had the large piece of glass, but instead of painting mm-hmm. the scene, uh, the relevant area was painted black. And then they, f- they filmed it in what they call um, with a pin registered camera. Mm-hmm. So there's no film weaving or wobble as it moves through the camera because it has to be stabilized. And then later in the, in the, uh, it, when they were developing it, they projected it right back onto the glass and then the surrounding film um, and perspectives um, were, were noted at that time. And then, um, you know, you, you could paint it later, basically. You could paint the, 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 um, the uh, matte painting in later and you wouldn't have the time pressure of trying to get it done for that scene or that, uh, that shot. Very cool. Um, well, that's a great segue to, to maybe kind of move on to how, how matte painting is used today. Um, you know, it, traditionally, as you mentioned, it was, it was traditionally done by actual paint and paint brushes and, and painting, you know, being painted onto glass so you could backlight it uh, to get the right mood and stuff. And, you know, basically over, over time, the phrase matte painting uh, has kind of branched out till, to today. You know, Wasn't there a guy named just, Matt that did that? I think his name was Matt. Wasn't <laughs> well, you know, it's basically matte painting today is a subset of digital art because, uh, you know, they actually use digital techniques now because the tools have, have all been, become digital. Uh, I mean, they still use, like I mentioned, you know, some of the traditional techniques, but today it's mostly it's mostly moved over to the digital side of things. Uh, right. They're using Photoshop and, um, you know, other projects, you know, other, other programs, 3D, 2D. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, you know, so what is what is matte painting exactly? I mean, is it's it's just you know used today? Uh, how how, do, how are matte paintings created in in, in the digital world? Um, you know, they're they're as I mentioned, they're not really painted. Uh, they they use digital software to kind of replace those things, and they they basically take different photographs um, and cut them out and and piece them together, basically called com- uh, compositing. So they digitally composite these images together and 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 grade them and and blend them to kind of come up with the the you know the full matte painting uh, in in the background. Right. Yeah. When you said um, they don't paint them anymore, you meant um, practically. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, all done paint. digitally. Is right. Is what exactly. Mean, yeah. Well, you know, and and so so that kind of kind of goes to what is painting. Well, today digital painting is not really painting. I mean, that some of the right. tools are similar sure. to paint the, the traditional tools, but. But it's it's it, it's a new animal altogether. It does the same thing, but it, you can actually blend photographs and different photographic elements together uh, to, to create that seamless uh, fit that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and there's also the um, you know the where you're using different you know 3D objects. You know, you could be using Mari or uh, Moto or 
other 3D programs, Maya, and, and creating um, those 3D elements that go into an actual map painting. Um, you can either use that. Uh, I've, I've seen artists paint over the top of those things and, or incorporate them along with them painting on the side as well. Um, you know, what's interesting is um, the first digital map shot was uh, created by um, in 1985 by Matt Evans for the film um, Young Sherlock Holmes. I don't know if anybody's mm-hmm. seen that out there. Um, do you remember that one where um, Spielberg was part of that whole thing and um, and, um, and John Lasseter? Um, that, remember the scene where the, le- the the knight leaps from that stained glass window and attacks the priest? Do you remember oh, that? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you go back to that and look at it, man, is that that looks good even for today in today's standard? It still holds up, um, and it's interesting because John Lasseter, uh, obviously later branded, you know, went to Pixar, um, was a part of that entire group, um, and they called it. I think it was called Lucas Film Graphics before it was uh, ILM or Industrial Light Magic. Um, so they digitized that medieval swordsman, and it was interesting to see that they had an actor, they grit, they put a grid up there and they had an actor go in there with uh, all in white. And um, it took them, gosh, what was it? Um, six months to create, to create that whole scene. Um, so pretty, pretty interesting. Um, it was, it was really revolutionary at the time. Yes. And the, the, uh, some of the new techniques that they're using for matte paintings today, you, you mentioned uh, the use of 3d and creating some of the matte paintings. They, you know, in the past, uh, you know, you mentioned that you can only matte paintings were only you know had to be used on static shots with lockdown cameras because mm-hmm. you know if the camera moves it would it would betray that that illusion of of uh, of uh, realism because there'd be no parallaxing uh, on right. the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so another technique that's used today with uh, matte paintings is called camera mapping, um, which basically involves the mapping or, or or the placing <laughs> of 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 these matte paintings onto three D pieces of geometry that are you know roughly the same shape and size. And uh, it allows the uh, static shots to have some limited camera movement in 3D. You know, you can't orbit around them or fly through them, but basically you can you can uh, kind of move the camera side to side a, a bit. Or you can go forward. Sh- I mean, you can actually go or forward. Or forward, sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure, yeah. yeah. But you, you, you're limited to your, to your lateral movement. Uh, but it's, it's, it's mostly used for creating aerial or establishing shots, which primarily don't feature any actors in it. It's, it's just uh, kind of, it, they're more grand shots, uh, but it, it, it creates that, th- that uh, illusion of 3D. Right, yeah, establishing shots are a lot of times are, are they used are mostly the, the matte paintings for those. Um, but it's interesting. Um, the, uh, I never get tired of looking at those um, when they do breakdowns of the, the matte paintings of all the different layers that go into that. And, and, and then VFX within there, like they can add, you know, um, smoke or uh, snow or, you know, weather things. And it's, it's really fascinating. I, it, it just, it, it's crazy to look at and you just go, wow, this is just, this is just fooling my eye and it looks so real. Yes. Yeah, so it blows my mind that, you know, when you see, watch those breakdowns, mm-hmm. uh, a very small portion of the, of the set is actually real. Uh, and that's the amazing thing, you know, and that's, that's where the actors are performing, but the rest of the set is just added in digitally. It's, it's just, it's, it's an what amazing. You can, what you can do today, right? Exactly. And the tools are so sophisticated uh, and the technology is, is, it, it, I mean, you've got match, mo- you know, match moving, you've got camera mat, you know, camera matching. 
mm-hmm. uh, to kind of really blend everything together seamlessly. It's just just beautiful. Hey, um, yeah, by the way, did you know that uh, in 1990, the Die Hard 2 was the first film to use digitally composite live action footage with uh, traditional glass map painting? That, no, that's uh, really interesting. Yeah, they actually uh, photographed and scanned the, the map painting into the computer. Um, and that was in the last scene of the movie on the airport runway. That's amazing. You know, you know, matte paintings have, have also uh, kind of, well, especially with the COVID lockdowns and, and, and everything, the studios are kind of moving as, as we kind of covered in our last podcast, as where movie making is headed uh, in the next two years, podcast 2118, where we talked about, um, you know, the use of, of virtual sets and virtual production methods. Um, and, and basically right now, that, that's kind of the new matte painting is where they'll take, you know, some of these traditional matte, matte painting techniques and then project them up onto the LCD screen, LCD, right? LCD screens. LED. Uh, LED. Gosh, LED. Darn it. it's all right. Uh, uh, You're getting but old. Basically, <laughs> and they use those as uh, backdrops for the environments. Uh, right. As we've seen and, in the recent series about the Mandalorian, right? At least. Right. And before that, they're, you know, using green screens and blue screens mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to composite all those, the digital matte paintings into those. So... Um, well, I mean, as far as getting into, let's say if you wanted to become a map painter, um, what, what, uh, what would that take to, to get a job as a map painter? Yeah, that's a great question, Sean. Um, you, you gotta, to be a good map painter, I think, uh, well, basically you have to have a sound knowledge of art, uh, which, which really helps, uh, when it comes to achieving the level of realism that we're talking about. Um, so it's really important to, to really have the art fundamentals down, uh, you know, uh, you know, you have to have strong knowledge about color theory and, you know, particularly perspective. Uh, yeah. And of course, uh, composition. You have to have good composition skills. Uh, uh, and, and basically just, uh, it's it's just... I mean, it's you, a fine art. Have have, it's a fine yeah, art. You also have to have 3D skills, exactly. These days, you got to be not only maybe a good in the traditional sense, but you also have to have to be a good 3D artist because th- those uh, those elements are brought together in the realm of 3D. Right. And you're also, you have to have an understanding of, of obviously you're mentioned colors, uh, lighting as well, because you, you would have to work with, depending on where you want to go. I mean, I'm thinking film obviously, because you're, you're not, you, there's not, I mean, there's concept people that do landscapes and things in, in video games. Um, but a lot of it's just mostly generated. Um, doesn't mean that they would never use it, but it's, it's more for film, but, um, you know, you would have to have uh, knowledge of those 3d tools and work with, the, uh, the, the, um, the modelers and then go back and forth and, you know, do uh, iteration basically of, of the shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of, in, you know, incorporate that, you know, the environment artists like using ZBrush or Mudbox or um, Houdini and all those other things. Yeah, it's definitely very important to, to use reference images as well. Um, you know, and, and as you mentioned, uh, well, you, you know, it's hard to bring, you know, uh, the images from your mind, uh, you know, mistakes can be made and what you see and, and what is real sometimes isn't the same thing. Uh, so, so it really takes a, a good, um, I don't know, attention to detail. You know, you you have to have strong powers of observation. Uh, and I, we've talked about this in past podcasts, uh, but I'm going to mention it again because it's, it's critical for a, a matte painter today to have strong powers of, of observation. Uh, you need, and you talked about lighting, you know, you have to, you have to know how light affects things, you know, how, how, you know, how it affects the shadows and, and how, how the atmospheric depth affects the landscape. Um, there's so many considerations today to be a good matte painter, but, but it's all based in the traditional, uh, art, I believe. 
Yeah, my, yes, and the the other thing is, um, you know, if you look at it, what the job, job descriptions of Matt Painter and what the company film studios are looking for, mm-hmm. um, many many of them obviously require a bachelor's degree or at least three you know plus years of high end animated feature film experience. So, you know, those photo photorealistic backgrounds are super important for movies, obviously, and you have to be able to you know match the overall look and feel of the the film you're working on. So. You know, traditional fine art degree would probably be a really good thing to have. Um, you know, look at look at the job descriptions, like I said, and see what they're requiring, what the qualifications are for those. Um, because you, you're doing a lot of things like 2.5D, 3D projection stuff, um, you know, using Nuke. Um, they like you to have maybe kind of a, a 3D generalist kind of a view of things. Right. Where you, right. You've got a, a you know, nice foundation of different skill sets. Uh, but you know, painting. I mean, try try and do a, a paint paint a a background. I mean, it's it's pretty difficult to do, um, you know, on your own unless you've you've got a lot of time and, and effort into getting that experience and and uh, skill set. Yeah, and you know, when, and once you do have those skills, uh, you know, all studios are looking for for those talented people, but they're also looking for friendly people who are not just good matte painters, but. Uh, you know, to get a job as a matte painter, you have to be a good team player as well. And we've talked about this in past podcasts. Uh, you have to be able to to interface with with your fellow artists in a in a uh, you know creative and and productive productive way. I mean, it's, it's, there's no room for for uh, you know egos, uh, so to say, so to speak. Um, yeah, you have to have that the communication skills, verbal and written. Same of those those soft skills that everybody needs to be able to have, uh, you know, when they're getting they're getting work. You don't want to be working with somebody who's super difficult or a prima donna or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'd say one of my main tips uh, would be to, uh, you know, just pay attention to the real world. You know, if you go outside, look at how, like we talked about, look at how the light affects things, how the shadows behave, how the atmosphere perspectives work you know it's a you really have to i mean i i'd say this is probably the the, the key thing uh, with becoming a matte painter is 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 understanding how lighting works because that you know that really sets the mood that really that really is the key to a good matte painting is is the use of of proper lighting uh you know if you can paint things you know uh, and as often as you can uh, yeah as often as you can practice 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 and um you know that, and it's, you know, since we're kind of winding down to the the end of the podcast, why don't we go ahead and talk about, um, you know, some of the some some last words we might have in this regard? Well, I mean, um, I I love I I love this. Uh, I would love to be a map painter. I mean, I wish I had the the skills to um, to be able to do that. Um, you know, there's just so many areas of art that you can get into, three D, two D. Gosh, there's just you know, animation that I do, uh, modeling, all that. So there's just so many different things you can get into, but I, I you know, matte painting is, is a, to me is, is, um, a, a really, um, um, it's, it, to me, I don't know, it, it, something about it just gives me like, okay, you're, you're painting an actual, um, a picture that can be hung on a wall and, and it's, 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 a, it's a long lasting, beautiful piece of art. You know, if I could kind of put it in a nutshell, it's, it it really is. Um, I, I look at some of the the um, the famous ones, um, you know, researching for this this podcast, and just you know, it brings you back to those films and what you remember in your mind. Um, it's just beautiful, you know. You go, wow! I just 
all the time that it took to do that um, mm-hmm. painstakingly. It's almost like when we were talking about our last thing, our last um, podcast about um, you know animation and the, the different techniques of animation and in stop motion and all those things where you've got one guy doing everything. Um, it, you know, map paintings, you really don't, it's really you. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's nobody else is really, oh yeah, I'm going to hand it off to you and you do a couple parts of this. It's right. that guy. So it's but, or that girl. <laughs> I, I agree. And we, you know, and, and that's, that's the interesting thing. You know, Photoshop had, has really, really revolutionized matte painting uh, because it does just that. It offers, you know, a, a digital way to speed up that creation time so that fewer artists can do more and better work. Uh, Photoshop is just an amazing program. And that, that really was the, uh, the beginning, I think, of the digital uh, revolution in matte painting. Um, Definitely. Definitely. You know, and, and the interesting things is it, uh, interesting thing is it gives you know, especially today, anyone with the software, you know, gives them a chance to kind of try out uh, creating some of those uh, high end techniques and matte paintings themselves uh, at home, which is really cool. I wish we had the power um, when we first started getting into this of of today's computers and software. Boy, we just wow, <laughs> what we could I agree. do. <laughs> I, I agree. You know, it, it's it's so powerful, and there's so many programs out there now, and, and a lot of them for free. So it's not like you have to, you know, buy these high end, higher end softwares. And Photoshop might be, you know, a little much for a beginner, but but you know, I, I would recommend, um, you know, if you want to, you know, if you're thinking about becoming a matte, matte painter, just you know, go online, uh, look at videos uh, on, on you know some tutorials, you know, look at. Uh, the reels, uh, pr- production reels of matte paint, you know, matte painters today, and kind of look and see what they're doing and and how how they're how how you know look what what techniques they're using. Uh, you know, I, I found that to be very valuable. Uh, absolutely, yep, absolutely. Um, you know, we we really hope you guys enjoyed our discussion today as we answered Darlene's question: What is matte painting and how is it used? Uh, thanks for being part of our discussion today. Uh, you know, t- you learned what matte painting is, and we talked about the history of matte painting, and you also learned how matte painting is used today in today's productions. And uh, we also talked about some interesting facts about how, how matte painting has been used in the uh, past and what you might need to know um, to create uh, some matte paintings yourself. Um, we'd like you to do us a favor, if you would, and, and share this podcast with your friends, especially if you liked it and found it valuable. Um we do a new podcast every week uh, with you in mind, and we cover different subjects relating to the creation of 3D and CGI animation and, of course, digital effects, as well as some other interesting subjects that you may have always been wondering about. Yeah, we really appreciate you being here. And uh, if you got a question uh, that you'd like to address uh, to us in the future pod- for a future podcast, just let us know in the section uh, below. Uh, you're watching this on YouTube or the Ask Us Anything page um, heading to our website at thecgbrows.com. And just go to the About Us menu and submit your question like uh, Darlene did. And uh, also be sure to hit the like button and subscribe to our channel, of course. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to click the bell so you'll be notified as soon as we publish our next podcast. And you can also find an audio version of this podcast on all the major uh, podcast platforms as well. We're really looking forward to seeing you back here for next week's podcast, episode 2120, where we'll be answering the question, what is rotoscoping and how is it used? Rotoscoping? Inquiring minds want to know, Sean. Well, that discussion will be very interesting, a lot of fun to talk about. So we'll see you then. Bye-bye now. That's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, what is matte painting and how is it used? Thanks for being with us. 
If you're watching on YouTube or other social media, please give us a like and make a comment. If you haven't yet subscribed, please hit the subscribe button and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. You can listen to our podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you are listening on Spotify, you can now share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. You can contact us on our website at thecgbros.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends about this podcast series. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, what is rotoscoping and how is it used? This has been episode 2119 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.